0: Hi everyone, I'm Andy Shaw, and we're glad you're listening to this podcast, and we're super blessed uh, to to be joined by Susan Safford. Susan is the Director of Pastoral Ministries and works in the Office of Faith Formation. Susan, thank you for being here. Thanks
1: for having me. You it's great got, to
0: be here. I, I had an opportunity. I'm blessed to, to get to know you better this year through VSI. Um, and, and your story and, and life story, and it's just awesome. And so I'm glad we get to share this. So thank you for opening up to us.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: What, um, let's just let's start at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about yourself and where you grew up and, and how you got
1: here. Sure, yeah, I was I was actually born in Wisconsin, but I have no memory of that. Grew up in <laughs> Nebraska and uh, lived in a little town, Seward, Nebraska, uh, most of my life. And then uh, when I went to college, I went to Omaha, Creighton University in Omaha, then went on to the University of Notre Dame for a little while, and then finally ended up at Franciscan University of Steubenville. Uh, studied theology and Christian ministry, and um, my, uh, my love for the Lord just led me into I, I knew he was calling me to serve him in the church in some way, and so mm-hmm. that's what led me into theology and all of this and and so, when I was getting ready to graduate from the Master's program, I was looking to come back to the midwest I wanted to although they call Ohio the midwest, but i don't right. I don't think that's right <laughs> so I wanted to get back here and um and so at the time, Archbishop Shapie was the bishop here and he got my resume and passed it along to Father Carey Prendeville up in Spearfish, yeah. who offered me a job, and so that was my first job out of grad school. Got me to the Black Hills.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's a fun journey. Yeah. Seward, is that where Johnny Carson's
1: from? I have I no, I don't think so. No, it's not Seward. I don't think it's not. It's, no, it's uh, Norfolk, is where he's right. from. Right. That's yes. Right. Yes. We yeah. had the microphone in front yes. of us,
0: and so all of a sudden, I had this Johnny Carson. Yeah. <laughs> <here>. <laughs> when you right. brought up Seward. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a, a wonderful story, and um, and a lot of. It must have taken a lot of trust. You must have had a lot of trust with the Lord.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't say growing up that I had a particularly strong faith. I mean, we went to church and we were Catholic and all of those things. But um, I don't know how, that I really knew the Lord that well. But when I went to Creighton University, I, I started spending time in the chapels there. Uh, there's a lot of chapels mm-hmm. on campus, Catholic University. And so I just started to go there. Uh, I liked the peacefulness and the quiet of it, and I knew the Lord was present there in the Blessed Sacrament. And but I wasn't, I wasn't really going to be with Him. But uh, He came to me in the midst mm-hmm. of that and just really spoke to my heart there. And so I, I it was there that I knew I was sitting in St. John's Church at Creighton University, and I just knew that He wanted me. He wanted me to serve Him. And so I changed my major and got into theology and. The rest is history. I no back. Yeah, no looking back. Yeah. And you're living yeah. the
0: consecrated life. I am, What does yes. that mean, and how does that happen?
1: Yeah, um, a long journey for me. Um, you know, a consecrated life, there's different forms of consecrated life, and it's always a little challenging for me to try to explain my form of consecrated life to people because we're so used to religious sisters and, mm-hmm. um, and brothers, monks, uh, and I'm none of those uh, in consecrated life there's there's religious life and there's and there's secular life and so I'm in a secular form of, of consecrated life which means I'm not I'm not a sister uh, I, but I'm, I'm espoused to the Lord I, and belong to him but growing up I never thought about being religious or consecrated. It was never, it never even entered my, it wasn't like something I thought of and rejected. I'd never even thought of it. It never occurred to me that that was possible. I thought, you know, I thought I'd get married someday like most Mm -hmm. people do. Um,
0: How did you become aware of it then?
1: You know, um, as I studied theology, I started to become aware of more vocations, but actually, consecrated virginity is so little known. I don't think I heard about it at all, even until I moved to South Dakota. And uh, had been working in the church here, good old Midwest. Good old Midwest, that's (laughs) right. And I uh, I started doing the spiritual exercises with a Jesuit priest who was here at the time, Father Will Prospero, Uh, and that's a story in itself. How the Lord just, just really worked in my life in profound ways to get me to the spiritual exercises. And in the midst of that, I wanted the Lord to. To reveal my vocation, I hadn't really thought about it prior to that. I hadn't worried about it. I always kind of thought, if God wants me to do something other than what I'm doing, He'll let me know. (laughs) But it wasn't. I don't recommend that for discernment. (laughs) Uh, It wasn't really a helpful plan. But tough to be patient in that plan. Yeah, exactly. But when I got to when I was doing the exercises, you know, Saint Ignatius is all about vocational discernment, and so I I really was asking the Lord to reveal that to me, but He didn't. Although, I have to say, looking back on the exercises now, I think there were little ways that he was starting to reveal himself to me and what he wanted that I didn't really see in the moment or maybe wasn't ready to see. But in the midst of that, I heard, I started hearing about different vocations and um, and consecrated virginity was, was one of them. Um, and uh, I had a friend who had a friend who was a consecrated virgin like that, mm-hmm. um, but I had never met any consecrated virgins. Um, and so it wasn't until I went on this trip to Rome in oh, yeah. um, in the year 2000 that I really heard the Lord. Uh, I was on a pilgrimage, and it was a fluke pilgrimage. A couple of friends of mine, I said to a friend of mine, it's the Jubilee year, we should be in Rome. Yeah. And I was joking. I wasn't really serious. <laughs> yeah. But this friend of mine was was got really serious about it, and she said, yeah, you're right, we should go to Rome. Get your passport. And she booked tickets and made a plan, and there were just four of us. And we had no, we didn't go on a tour group or anything, mm-hmm. we were just sort of figuring it out as we went, and it was, it was a beautiful, prayerful pilgrimage. And one of the stops, we I wanted mm. to stop at the Church of St. Susanna. She's my baptismal patron. I didn't know anything about her, nothing. I don't think my parents knew anything about her either. <laughs> um, but I, we went there to Mass on the Feast of the Holy Family, the Sunday after Christmas yeah. at, toward the end of that jubilee year. And I was reading this brochure about her life. And she was a consecrated virgin who lived uh, at the end of the third century. During the last great persecution of the Roman Empire, and uh, she was she was consecrated, and but the emperor's son wanted to marry her, and she refused for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they killed her family, uh, they exiled her uncle who was the pope, and uh, they tried to force her to worship their gods. And when she refused, they beheaded her. And as I was reading this story, I was thinking, "Wow, that's really great that she could do all of that." Yeah. Um, but i wasn't thinking anything about myself but in that moment the lord just spoke to my heart and said this is what i want for you and and i knew that he was talking about consecrated virginity i knew that's what he wanted and it wasn't like a something he forced or said you need to do this it was really an invitation and um, and rose up as a joy in my heart like I I had a great desire for it in the moment of him asking me I had it this great and that desire stayed stayed with me um, that whole trip in in Rome a, a joyful desire to belong to him
0: isn't that true in all faith though when you're open more open and you're you're willing to Kind of put yourself in the background and just give it all up for him. Then things like that happen.
1: Yeah, amen. Absolutely, I think so. Yeah, yeah. When I, when I, in my own life, anyway, yeah. When I turn it over to him, yeah. There's a beautiful peace in it, and not Mm -hmm. a fight. Now, I did fight with him, sure, for a while about. I came back to it is, and I, I came back to the United States, and I actually I immediately began to doubt what had happened. In Rome, kind of wasn't that, real. that it wasn't real. That the Lord never spoke to me. Who am I to think that the Lord spoke to my heart about this? That's crazy. And so I, I thought mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't real. I didn't know until much later that that's how the enemy works all the time. He's trying to tell us, yeah, the Lord didn't speak to you. Are you kidding? Right, you know, create doubt. Create doubt. And he sowed those seeds of doubt. But what stayed with me that he couldn't get rid of was that desire to belong to Christ and that desire for consecrated life. That just stayed with me. And um, but I fought with the Lord about religious life. Mm-hmm. I said I really would like to. I really would like to join a religious community, you know, um, and I remember visiting the, Carmelite in, the Carmelites in Alexandria, South Dakota, and just falling in love with the beauty of their life and their prayer and their uh, vocation, and uh, I said to the Lord, I was in their chapel praying, and I said to the Lord, you know, I, will, I would come here if you would call me, hmm. and he said right away, he said, you know, this is not where I'm calling you. And I was wow. so sad about it for yeah. a couple of weeks, really just like. Instantly joy to sorrow. Joy to sorrow, yes. And um, and I, But I sat with that, and I didn't know what to do with that. Um, and then I read an article by then-Deacon Kevin Achbach, who's, of course, the pastor and winner now. Right. And uh, he had written as a deacon in uh, their publication at his seminary about what it about the call, about a vocation. And he said, finding our call isn't about looking into an unknown future. He said, it's about looking at the past and seeing the ways that the Lord has worked and what he's done in your life and how how that all fits together. And, and when I did that, I realized that consecrated virginity, secular consecrated life, fit who I was. So when people say when you find your vocation, you'll have peace, I say that is so much crap. I had no (laughs) peace. I had no peace. But it was because I was fighting with him. When I finally received what he wanted to give me, then there was great peace and joy in that. And What a journey. Yeah. And a lot
0: of times, you know, like what now Father Ackbach said, but the the journey isn't always just when it commences. The journey sometimes is like he said, reflecting back. Reflecting back. To see that journey. Yes. So the yes. journey sometimes starts near the end of it. Yes. And then a new beginning.
1: Because God's always at work. And mm-hmm. so seeing how has he worked in my life up to this point, okay, I can see how he's leading me right here. Like this is exactly the path that he's had me on. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I noticed um at one of our retreats, I think it was a silent three day retreat, one of those we did. Um yeah. and we had breakout sessions where it wasn't silent, um, so thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> but, mm. like, I, I teach, and so when middle school kids, I think actually students of all ages, when they hear the word snow day, they mm-hmm. light up.
1: Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. That's
0: the way you light up yeah. when you hear saints. Mm. You love your saints, I love don't the you? saints,
1: Yeah. How did that happen? You know, I I think just as I started learning more about their stories and reading about them, they're so relatable. I think when you don't know about saints, sometimes you think they're these holy people in this unattainable, uh, you know, foreign life that is nothing like what I live. But when you read their stories and get to know them, they're so much like Mm. us. They're just... They're just ordinary people, but who gave themselves over to Christ completely. And when
0: that happened, their journey from the beginning to end was told.
1: Amen. Yeah, exactly. And then, right, and then you hear the you hear the end of the story only about their mm-hmm. closeness to God, and you think, "I can never get there." But when you hear the beginning of their story, wow, it's a whole different You're thing. Like, yeah, yeah, I haven't even done that. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. That's story. right. And I yeah, love how you light yeah. up about them and, and yeah. share them with people yeah. and relate them. Yeah, and,
0: and that's true. I think it's a good point for anybody listening. Uh, I'm Andy Shaw. I'm here with Susan Safford, and um, you know I think if we just open ourselves up, we can relate to we can relate to Jesus in a lot of ways because we can strive to be like Jesus. You taught us, you know, Mother Teresa tries to see Jesus in everyone. Yeah. We can do so much yeah. of that, and with the yeah. saints, maybe go look for a saint, but also be open to a saint looking for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes the saints surprise us yeah. and, and pop up in different places and ways. Uh, I think that happened to me with Padre Pio a little bit and as he's popped up in my life in different places. Mm-hmm. You know, we just had the relics yeah. here not that just long ago at the cathedral that, yeah. and and um, and just praying before his relics and asking for his intercession, I just felt a strong connection to him uh, with our priests and started asking his intercession for our priests of our diocese, you yeah. know. In those little ways I think Padre Pio found me there, you know. That's yeah. so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: so awesome when you can go back yeah. and just and look at it. So kind of going back to the consecrated life. Yeah. Um, I got off of my little tangents like a <laughs> yeah, yeah. squirrel. There I go. Um, so since you're not part of an, an, a religious order, I guess. Yeah. How what is how does the process happen then to get to where you are?
1: Yeah, it's there's no um just like every religious community would have their own different process for preparing people to enter and to, to make vows and all of that. For every consecrated virgin, it's different, but depending on her bishop. So it's up to the bishop to kind of set the plan of formation and what he wants. Mm-hmm. So at the time, Bishop Supich was our uh, Card- now cardinal. Cardinal Subich right. was our bishop here. And he asked me I came to him and, and he was very receptive. It was it was really um, great. I was really grateful to him. Uh, and he said, uh, "I'd like you to go through a, a plan of formation to prepare for this vocation and he said, "I want you to be in spiritual direction with a spiritual director of your choosing, and then I'd like you to meet with a formation uh, advisor that I'll choose and mm-hmm. uh, and then he asked me also to go through the lay ministry formation program in the diocese so um, so I did those things it took about um, three and a half four years of that and then Uh, And then he received my consecration in 2006. Now, wow, yeah, 13 years, yeah, almost 13, almost 13, yeah. Yeah.
0: Another exciting date coming up is February 2nd. Yes, it's the World Day of Consecrated Life. Yes, what is it?
1: It's Super Bowl Sunday. I I always lands on Super Bowl Sunday and Groundhog Day. That's right. (laughs) All of those things coming together. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, it's a world day that was um, I don't know the whole history on it to be honest with you, but um, it, it's been in our church universally a time to to recognize, to pray for, uh, to support, to encourage consecrated men and women around our around the globe. it's a it's a world day. In the United States, we move that to the nearest Sunday to celebrate it, but I think the second okay. lands on does the second land on Sunday this year? I'm not sure. Must, I didn't look at yeah, my calendar, Sunday, but yeah. Yeah. Year, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so we consecrated game, men and women, we watched the Super Bowl and yeah. and recognized <laughs> yeah. our No, yeah, I think we watch it's also Groundhog Day. That's right. That's so the, right. Day yeah. the day never yeah. ends. Maybe there's a reason for it. Yeah. It's also the feast of the presentation of the Lord, which oh, is why yeah. they put it on that particular day that the, the Lord was presented in the temple. And so it's an a awesome day. it's a connection to us to that we belong to the Lord. We're presented to the Lord in our our way also.
0: And we yeah. the world the way it is now we need more of that those reminders. Amen. We yeah. do for sure. Yeah. How can how can people help celebrate it? What you will know, be happening in Rapid City?
1: Um, I don't know if there's any special events going on in Rapid City, but I you know different parishes try to highlight. Uh, consecrated life in, in different ways I'm actually going to be going up to Spearfish to Saint Joseph's on the 10th a week later uh, to talk about my vocation uh, so I didn't quite hit the world day but um, but I'll be up there um, uh, at the invitation of Monsignor Wooster to talk about talk about my vocation so um, so different parishes do things like that I think um, honestly what we'd like the most is just for people to pray for us to pray for for consecrated men and women and to pray for more vocations to consecrated life um but if you do that yeah prayer works amen that's the most important thing yeah how will you celebrate it uh well (laughs) well i'll i'll definitely be at mass i'll be going to mass and i'll i'll be praying with the lord that day for sure i'll spend some time in prayer um but that's that's about the celebration that i'll i'll have planned (laughs) uh just to be with the lord that day yeah. There's no greater way to spend yeah. a day. Amen. Yeah. There is to that. Well, yeah. Susan
0: Safford, thank you for all you do. Um, yeah, for thanks. those who are listening, keep those prayers coming for, for Susan, for everyone in the consecrated life, uh, for everybody. Just, Amen. just keep yeah. praying. Let's make yeah. the world a better place. All right. Susan, thank you, thank Andy. You.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate you it. You God bless. God bless you.